just gonna try to figure out how this works really quickly. Okay, cool, I got it. Um, okay, I'm Shirley, as Todd said, and I am part of the teaching team here at ECV, um, and I'm gonna be continuing our summer series today in 1 Corinthians called Life in the Body. Um, so we're just gonna, well, this is the question that I kind of wanted us to start with, is what are you hungry for? Um, so, if you are currently physically hungry, sorry, that's not the hunger that we'll be talking about today. Um, but really, what are you hungry for in your body, your heart, your mind? Um, we're actually going to take a moment to just be silent and still, um, just to settle into our bodies. Um, you can also feel free to stand up, sit down. Um, just to become aware and present to yourself how you are doing, what you are hungry for. So we'll take a bit of time for silence and then I will pray for us to start. Spirit, thank you that you are here with us, that you are within us, and that we can rest, abide, and remain in you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So today's sermon is called, What Are You Hungry For? And I just want to thank everyone um, for coming. We're really excited that you're here to continue the series with us. Um, and so just keep this question in mind as we go through the sermon. What are you hungry for? And so I'll just read today's passage for us really quickly. It comes from 1 Corinthians 11. Um, last week, Josh preached from 1 Corinthians 8 and 9. And so we're skipping ahead just a little bit. Um, but this comes from verses 17 through 34. You can follow along on the screen or in your own Bibles. But in the following instructions, I do not commend you, because when you come together, it is not for the better, but for the worse. For in the first place, when you come together as a church, I hear that there are divisions among you, and I believe it in part, for there must be factions among you in order that those who are genuine among you may be recognized. When you come together, it is not the Lord's Supper that you eat, for in eating, each one goes ahead with his own meal." One goes hungry, another gets drunk. What, do you not have houses to eat and drink in? Or do you despise the church of God and humiliate those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I commend you in this? No, I will not. For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also, he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and blood of the Lord. 
Let a person examine themselves then, and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment on themselves. That is why many, are, many of you are weak and ill, and some have died. But if we judge ourselves truly, we would not be judged. But when we are judged by the Lord, we are disciplined so that we may not be condemned along with the world. So then, my brothers and sisters, when you come to gather to eat, wait for one another. If anyone is hungry, let them eat at home, so that when you come together, it will not be for judgment. So, what are you hungry for? And I'm not just talking about eating, even though, yes, the context of this passage in 1 Corinthians is the Lord's Supper, which at that time for the early church of Corinth, it was usually one evening a week, usually Sunday nights, that they would come together and physically eat and drink together. And even in their act of coming together those Sunday nights, there were a lot of differences that they were bringing in. It was potluck style, so people were bringing different amounts of food, different amounts of drink. They were coming at different times, so some people had more food to them, some people had less food, some people ate more, some people drank more, and some people ate and drank less. So when they came together, there were a lot of differences in that meal together. But for us, when we come together these days, it's not just physically eating. When we now come together as a church, as people that follow Jesus, on Sundays like today, we don't just physically eat together. Sometimes we're physically eating, like donuts last week. There will be ice cream Sundays this week. There are Lenten dinners that we share together. The potluck group on Thursdays eats together. But when we come together as people, we do a lot more than just physically eat. We are nourished by one another's presence. We come together to catch up. We see people. We're energized. And so these are the ways that we eat together now. When I come to church, I have a whole host of motives or things that I'm hungry for. I'm hungry to see people. I'm hungry for a bodily encounter and worship. I'm hungry for knowledge about Jesus through the sermons, and I'm hungry for God's love. For the answer to the question, am I loved? Am I enough? So what are you hungry for? The things that we're hungry for oftentimes informs the meals that we're making. So just follow me on this analogy. Um, in Verse 21, Paul says, When you come together, it is not the Lord's supper that you eat. For in eating, each one goes ahead with his own meal. So Paul says they're eating their own meals. And I get that one reading of this passage is as a really harsh critique, and it is. Paul is pretty harsh in this passage when he says in verse 17, But in the following instructions, I do not commend you, because when you come together, it is for the better or it is not for the better, but for the worse. And in verses 21 and 22, he says what with exclamation points and everything, so you know that Paul is mad. He says, what, do you not have houses to eat and drink in, or do you despise the church of God and humiliate those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I commend you in this? No, I will not. And Paul's out here asking rhetorical questions, so you know he's definitely really mad. And so, yes, in this passage, Paul is pretty harsh towards the early church of Corinth. 
And for us today, hopefully, we're not yet there, slash we're not always there at a point where we come together, it is not for the better, but for the worse. Or in the NIV translation, it translates to, for your meetings do more harm than good. But as we know in this country, in the history of people who follow God, this has already been the case. And this is always possibly the case because we're fallen people. And so what Paul is saying is for us to hear right where we are. So what is the meal that you're eating these days? What is the meal that you've been eating? What are you creating or cooking up? When Paul says in verse 21, each one goes ahead with his own meal, he's talking about these private and personal meals that people are eating, meals that are uniquely one's own, as the Greek word own translates to and emphasizes, uniquely one's own. So what are these private and personal ingredients in the meal that you're hungry for? So for me, these are some of the ingredients that are particular to me, the things that I'm hungry for. So as an Asian American, and honestly as any human, I come together with others as someone who's oftentimes hungry for belonging, whether or not I belong. But specifically as an Asian American, as the daughter of immigrants to this country, the meal that I can often eat is, if I labor, then I belong. Labor is the ingredient that I put in to get nourished. And like so many of my ancestors, like so many immigrants to this country, I can eat that meal. But if I eat that meal, that meal keeps me hungry for belonging. That meal keeps me tired, and that ingredient is not enough. I can also get overstuffed on this ingredient of my own labor and still be malnourished and malformed. Another thing that I'm hungry for these days is for a place for my voice, because physical belonging together is one thing. We can be physically multi-ethnic. Um, we can gather together multi in a multi-ethnic space, but bringing my voice with me is another, because another meal that I can eat is one of invisibility, Especially as an East Asian American, this invisibility both protects me from certain violence that others may face, but also makes me complicit while also inflicting upon me a form of violence. And so this meal of invisibility, also not a worthwhile meal to eat. And these days, I'm also hungry for hope. Hope for what's the point of what we're doing. I feel like so much of the racial violence and death from COVID over the past couple of years feels like it can be directly traced to the church, to us coming together. So what's the point? I'm hungry for an answer to that. And so the reason why I'm focusing on our hunger, what are the ingredients that we may be eating and putting in, is because I don't think that Paul says that these meals aren't good don't eat these meals, don't be hungry for these things. Because at the end, Paul says in verse 34, if anyone is hungry, let him eat at home, so that when you come together, it will not be for judgment. Paul says, if you're hungry and you have your own home, eat there. And yes, Paul might be saying this with exasperation to the Corinthians because their situation had gotten so bad, but I think Paul would still say the same. If you have provision, if God has blessed you with other ways, eat there as well. Because the four walls of the church 
our coming together isn't the only way that God blesses us. That might be pretty obvious, but us coming together on Sundays is one way that God feeds us. And for those of us that just generally have houses and not material houses, for other provisions, friends, family, goodness in our lives, art, nature, those are ways that God blesses us as well. So church on Sunday is not the only place where God meets my hunger. So take my hunger for belonging. This is a quote from Brene Brown, who is a researcher, um, who researches things like shame, vulnerability, belonging. Um, She says that belonging is the spiritual practice of believing in ourselves and belonging to ourselves so fully that we find what's sacred and not only being a part of something, not only being together, like our DNA does call us to be, but also we find sacred the need on occasion to stand alone in our values, in our beliefs, what we're called to do as well. So to me, what Brene is saying is that not only do I find sacredness in us coming together, but I find sacredness in belonging to myself, in the private and personal meal that I may need to eat with Jesus by myself. Brene continues, this idea of true belonging is a type of belonging that never requires us to be inauthentic or change who we are, but a type of belonging that demands who we are, that we be who we are, even when we jeopardize connection with other people, even when we have to say, I disagree, that's not funny, I'm not on board. I feel like this quote is basically this sermon. Um, But to me, again, it's about finding sacredness in us coming together, but also finding sacredness in the private and personal meal that I need to eat with Jesus. I've been seeing this also in my hunger for hope. Um, So I said that I'm hungry for what's the point of being together? Where is hope these days? And I was feeling this hunger particularly intensely a couple weeks ago. And the private and personal meal that Jesus came in was the form of these two events that I found myself at back to back. Um, One event was this event called Jam and Journal where Nia, um, a friend, she held a listening party for this album that she created called Gilead. And Gilead references the balm of healing um, of Gilead in the book of Jeremiah. So to me, the way that God fed and nourished me was to remind me that even in the midst of hurting, God is healing. Even in the midst of me being desperate for hope, God is healing. And the second event that I went to was called On Nationalism, the Fragility and Possibility of We, which basically is my question these days. Is it possible to be we? And how fragile is it for us to be together, for us to be we? So this event that God was at didn't provide me the answer, but it it reminded me to keep moving, to keep imagining, and keep creating my way towards hope. And so, these are some of the meals that God has been providing me with these days. And so... So what are you really hungry for these days? And how has God been feeding you?
Um, the second question that I think the passage brings up is, yes, there is sacredness in us eating meals with Jesus, but obviously we are still coming together. And I think the question is, what happens when we come together? Because I think that there is a limit to how God feeds us individually. Sometimes when I'm hungry for something, I find that God often feeds me through someone else. And so I've seen this so much in my life, in my hunger around my voice. Two years ago, during the first pandemic summer, um, ECV came together through a series of backyard churches. And I got to co-lead the Edgewood Backyard Church with Josh, Tina, and Indu. And later on, the Kensington Backyard Church with Danico and Indu. <laughs> Thanks, Sinclair. Um, and so at first, I got to lead the intro icebreaker time. I got to help with the prayer time, help out with small groups, just gradually helping out in different ways. And eventually, it was time for me to teach, which requires me to speak for a long time. And through their encouragement, their challenge, joking, sometimes calling me out, they helped me to speak to the point where I can now be here. Thanks. And so God has met my hunger through so many other people in the body of Christ. I remember there was one time that we were in a large group of people that were discerning and praying, and this was a really large group out on the green, and Todd invited me slash made me say something. Um, and that was a way of being fed in the body as well. Michelle is someone who gives me context for, for my voice in the Asian American space and also encouragement as someone who speaks truth. And even all the friends that come around me when I'm preparing sermons. So if I were just by myself, just eating my personal and private meal with Jesus, I would still be hungry. And so every week I come into this space still hungry for hope. And God meets me in this body through gospel worship last Sunday, through a word from the sermon, God feeds us collectively as well. So given that there is a limit to how we can be fed individually, and we do have to keep coming together, how can we come together to eat and not do what Paul says in verse 21? In which one goes hungry and another gets drunk. I think two things from the passage. Paul writes in verses 28 and 29, let a person examine himself then, and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment on themselves. So it's that word again, discern or dokimazo, which we love to talk about here at ECV and which was in Patrick and Josh's sermons on discernment a couple weeks ago. That's what the word examine in verse 28 means. Let a person examine himself or discern. So from those sermons a couple weeks ago, which I would recommend you listening to, discerning involves being grounded in God's love. When I'm grounded in God's love, when I have examined myself, I am more likely to be true and honest about my own hunger as well as able to see others' hunger. Second, discerning involves recognizing that we are created by a creator with our own authentic desires, 
When I examine myself, when I spend time discerning, I recognize that there is this personal and private meal that I'm eating with Jesus all the time. And lastly, discerning involves always remembering that God's work is for the suffering, the poor, the oppressed, and the lost. If I am honest about my own hunger and others' hunger, then I can be attentive to who is going hungry while others are getting drunk. I can recognize if I'm the one who's getting drunk. I can recognize, oh, I'm not sharing that much with my brothers and sisters these days. Or, oh, I'm not really eating with other people these days. And there's a way that when we come together, when we discern, God examines us, making us aware of hunger to be attentive to, And that oftentimes comes when we are together, as there was a group of us that gathered for the Liturgy for Homicide this past Wednesday. And it's in spaces like those where God examines us and reminds us that there is a hunger for an end to violence. There is hunger for life and joy and flourishing. So, let a person examine themselves then, and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment on themselves. So I think the second thing from the passage that addresses how can we come together to eat and not do what Paul says where one goes hungry and another gets drunk is in verse, so the first is examine. The second is um, when Paul says in verse 33, so then my brothers and sisters, when you come together to eat, Wait for one another. And this word wait, it means to wait from the heart, to look for the end result of waiting. This waiting isn't something that we just do. It is something that is deep, that comes from within. We wait and accompany one another. Because the crazy thing about all of us coming together to eat is that this meal is supposed to feed all of us this meal being the the body and the blood of Jesus, this meal being church on Sundays, this meal is supposed to feed all of us in all of our differences, all of our particularities, all of our quirks. There is supposed to be enough for all of us. And there has always supposed to be enough if people share, if people wait, if people don't take what isn't theirs. If when we come together, Paul says, for people who have homes to share them with others who don't have homes, people who have one kind of provision, not just material, to share with others, then that is how we can wait with one another. And so for the Corinthians, during their Sunday evening meal together, they would come in at different times with different amounts of food. And so for us, when we come together, we are to bring what we have to the table which requires us to examine ourselves and ask, what do I have? And if it is just hunger that you find when you ask yourself that question, what do I have? You bring that. Paul writes that in verse 22, we are not to despise the church of God and humiliate those who have nothing. There is no shame in being hungry. There is no shame in lacking. The church of God is meant to feed and not shame. And so as we come together, we can be patient with ourselves and others 
we can listen to our own bodies and the bodies of others, and we can be attentive to one another's hunger. And so now I'm going to invite the worship team back up. Um, We're going to take communion together. There are a few more invitations, and then we'll close out. So everyone can grab their communion. So the crazy thing, again, about all of us coming together, people who are different, who bring different things, who come at different times, is that this meal is supposed to feed all of us. And so Paul writes, on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread, and when he'd given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you all. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. We proclaim when we eat this meal that Jesus died for each and all of us. And later on in the passage, Paul says to not eat the bread and drink the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner. And what that word unworthy means is to lack correspondence to real value. The body of Jesus for us and the new covenant in Jesus' blood in us has real value. So let the value of Jesus become real to you, however you are hungry for it. Let us take the meal together. So a few invitations for right now or the week. The first is listen to your body. Be present to it. Experience yourself in your body and listen to it. Especially if you are someone who is not often attentive to your own body. As someone who feels far away from yourself. Listen to your own body and name what you are hungry for in private prayer or with someone. The second is, how has God been feeding you? Recognize it, give thanks for it, and share it with someone. The third is, Come together with those whose hunger is not your own. So 
So we'll just take a moment to be still and silent. Again, to get present to ourselves, the Holy Spirit with us. Perhaps you're noticing things in your body. Maybe it's been a hard week for you, for your body. And yes, we're all individual bodies in this body together. And so one invitation is if you feel particularly lacking, um, I invite you to stand if you want to or get prayer later. Yeah, this place is meant to be a place where we can come hungry, lacking, where we can be fed, where we can hope and trust and believe that we can be fed. And sometimes that requires us to be, to say, wow, I'm really hungry. just pay attention to your body throughout the rest of our time together. Um, and I'll invite Jesse up for some other words. <laughs> 